You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Well, God really is the one who makes the disciple, but we have to be aware of what God is doing in that person's life. And the only way we can do that is to spend time with them. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are continuing our Unashamed series looking at the book of Romans. And we have a good one for you this week. The title was Living for Jesus, looking at Romans 12. And I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor, Jose Aroa. Jose. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning. Great to have you on. And we're joined by pastor of spiritual formation, the one, the only, Bob Moss. Bob, great to have you back on the podcast. I am very happy to be here. Bob, not to put you on the spot, but I'd love to hear... You're your, putting him on the spot. Yeah, I know. That was not very subtle. Uh, what are your thoughts on the series so far? As we've been going through Romans, uh, it's been a few months now as yeah. we've been going through as a uh, this book here. So what are some of your thoughts and takes on just the, the series as a whole? And then we'll jump into this past Sunday's message. I think that it is being handled beautifully. I think we're covering a lot of territory, but... I think it's being done very well, um, very straightforward, and uh, I'm loving it. Yeah, this is a, an important book to it cover, is. and it's. I think our time is short in it, so it, it's enough to meditate on a lifetime and take it verse by verse and talk about its different implications. Um, and Romans 12 is really where the rubber meets the road, so it I is. think— it was a, a um, it's great that we are able to, you know, close out the, the the series these next few weeks with this incredible chapter. Jose, talk about uh, something you mentioned on Sunday, the the difference between verse, or chapters one through 11 and then the pivot to 12. I remember you did a good job explaining that, but just for those that may have not yeah, caught so, that. Yeah, so that therefore we need to see what it's there for. And so Paul really is shifting. His first shift was a couple chapters ago when he started talking about Israel and uh, God's covenant with them. And then here is the second shift where he's really talking to all believers and how our life needs to look different than the world's and how our faith, the chapters one through eight or one through 11 that talk about this God righteously, righteousing, unrighteous individuals, um, how that is lived out. So it's getting very practical. It's like the book of James. When you read the book of James, it's very action-oriented. And this is the very same thing that Paul is, Paul is uh, doing here. But we shouldn't miss the why. Why is this so important? If, if we just skip straight to chapter 12 and we miss chapters 1 through 11, then we're really reading it out of context. And so it's important to remember the why. Well, let's jump right in. We got eight verses to cover, which may not sound like a lot, but there That's is a lot. a lot to unpack here. So let's go, Jose, you had four points uh, throughout this, this message. Mm -hmm. The first one starting with, uh, think of all that God has done based on Romans 12, one, where the key phrase you highlighted, Jose, was in view of God's mercy. So there's a lot we can unpack here. Bob, I'd love to kind of start with you just hearing kind of how have you uh, seen and experienced the renewal of your mind? Because I think I've, I've heard you share this before, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as far as just what it talks about in this passage here, these first two verses. And then for us, what is the significance of taking an inventory of what are we thinking? and where are our thoughts coming from? What are we consuming? I know it's kind of a two-parter, but maybe feel free to tackle whichever one works, works best. 
Well, I think that it is something that is progressive, okay, in a really good sense of the word. Because we all start out as babes. We know that our sins are forgiven. We know that we have a heavenly Father that loves us. And that's a tremendous foundation. But then it talks, when John talked about young men, he said they're strong. He says they have the word of God hidden in their heart. And it says they know how to overcome the evil one. So that's a much broader dimension of knowing about God. But then when it comes to fathers, he says simply, they know him who is from the beginning. So when I think about what God has done, it's all encompassing of everything from creation, how he dealt with Adam and Eve, and how he progressed through the Old Testament to bring us to the time of Jesus. And in Hebrews, it says Christ came at the culmination of the ages. So when you... When we look backward, we're looking at that point in time as being the culmination. Everybody before then had to look forward to it. So the all-encompassing thing that I see about this is that God is at work right now. And I've said this based on what I learned from Henry Blackaby. If you want to know what God is doing in the church where you are an active member, look at the people he's drawing in. And that's what I'm doing, and I'm seeing amazing things. As a pastor of spiritual formation and as one of the leaders in Celebrate Recovery, I'm seeing lives transformed. Amen. Amen. I love that you uh, talked about that, Bob, because that's how this verse really culminates is it starts with the individual, but it ends with us corporately being activated in our gifting for, for the for the exactly. greater whole, where we play a, a small part of a grand plan that God has for Amen. us. Um, I, I love also uh, of what you were saying about Christ being the culmination. I think about this quote, I just looked it up from C.S. Lewis that really marked me at the beginning of my faith. Mm. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun is risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. So it's yes. almost like a filter. Uh-huh. And that's what Paul is, Paul is saying here, hey, in view of God's mercy, Make sure that your whole worldview, all of your experiences, you're filtering that through the work of God, not only in your life, Mm -hmm. but in a biblical worldview. We have the garden narrative. We have all of these stories in the Bible that teach us who God is, Mm -hmm. his love for us, and then what he wants us to do. So I would say that that point is good enough. You know, Mm -hmm. just view God's mercy. (laughs) And and then everything else is a response to that. Practically, Bob, you mentioned this being a process, something we've, we've, we've talked about on the podcast before. What would be some steps, maybe just some baby steps, but what are some steps towards seeing through this perspective, seeing through this lens, seeing, seeing the way that God sees things? Is that, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you answer that question. <laughs> well, I remember learning from Carl Galleon almost 30 years ago when Rob brought him in uh, with Church Dynamics International. And he he was very instrumental in my life. And he, he said, here's the way I do ministry. I get to know people. 
I find out where they are in their walk with the Lord, and I help them take the next step. Mm. Well, you can only help somebody take the next step if you yourself have been there. So a lot of it that we learn is through the Word, but it's also by watching other people, by being discipled and taught by other people, being mentored, coached, whatever term you want to use. And the Bible's definition is be disciples. We're supposed to go make disciples. Well, God really is the one who makes the disciple, but we have to be aware of what God is doing in that person's life. And the only way we can do that is to spend time with them. That's right. Yeah, we are we are consumed by what we consume. So wherever our mind is, it's forming us, it's discipling us, it's consuming us, it's consuming our time, our money, um, our, our affection. And so to, to that end, uh, you know, on Sunday, I pitched, hey, let's let's make this uh, commitment. Many, many, we've seen that increase in the last few years where more and more are, are committing to being present on Sunday morning, more and more are committing to join a community group, more and more are taking their next step and making their faith public through baptism. I mean, we're seeing these fruits of the Spirit happening, and the more that we see it, it's it's it grows, it multiplies. That's the work of God here Amen. on earth. So um, I think the, the, the first thought, and again, it goes with this question is what what where is my mind? Mm-hmm. What am I thinking? Mm-hmm. What what is consuming my thoughts? Where's my mind space? Um, is it on social media? Is it scrolling on my phone? Is it worried and anxious about my kids or my career? So understanding where I am is a good place to be and then pivoting, repenting, turning to God. I was trying know. to think of all these C's at community group last night. And I couldn't think of all of them, but you have a checkbook. Calendar, crowd, concerns. Okay, okay. Yeah. But it's good. It actually is helpful to me whenever (laughs) I make for for your next meal cookbook. I should add that one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, okay, let's move on. We got the end of the end of this verse, uh, this first verse in Romans 12, then talks about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship here. Going into our second point, which is we're called to respond wholeheartedly. Jesus says in Matthew 22, love the Lord your heart with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. The question, kind of the challenge question, Jose, you had here was what is keeping me from going all in with God? Uh, what encouragement or maybe guidance would the two of you have for someone that's trying to answer that question? Like how how do they maybe start to, because that seems like, I mean, that could, that could yeah. be a lot of things. So so how, how do they just even approach that question? And uh, maybe what are some encouragement that you would have to someone that's just trying to figure out what that what that looks like? I believe the most important thing is to be aware of your ego, (laughs) edging God out. Our old self, our old man, our human nature Mm -hmm. is the enemy of God, plain and simple. He does not want us to surrender to God. So he does everything, and he does it by putting desires in our heart for everything in the world except for God. But the psalmist said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. 
to behold the beauty of the Lord. And that's what Paul said. My determined purpose is that I may know him. Yeah, that's so good. That's the living sacrifice every every day, mm-hmm. making that confession again. Lord, I'm going to live for you today. Amen. And I think about the step study that we did with CR last year and, and the, the moment by moment, the serenity prayer, you know, day by day, uh, surrendering all things to God and then asking him for wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. What is mine to control and what is mine to to release and, and to surrender? Uh, I would also say, what is that next step? Sometimes I think about going all in. I personally like to go all in when I swim in the river. I just go all in. I don't I do not do the whole, you know, tiptoe, tip-toe steps. It, it's, it's just worse, you know? It's it's harder, actually. Um, <laughs> and and I, I do think, though, that knowing what that next step may, may be helpful you may be in a place where you don't know what that is. And so the first step that we're asked by Jesus is make make him the Lord mm-hmm. of your life. Make him the master. Amen. Make make him uh, your savior and, and plead, say, Lord, I need you. He will take care of the rest. The body of Christ is here to, to help, you know, family of believers to help us uh, walk through that. Um, and so that is a Sunday morning. That is a community group. Um, that That is a, a phone call um, that we can make to someone that, what you said, Bob, earlier is one step ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage, I would encourage, um, yeah, folks to do that. So to pull in like an investing uh, term, but hedging, I think about just asking myself the question of where am I hedging against like towards God or away from God? I think about how there's times, I think about the, the Easter testimonies, the resu- resurrection yeah. stories we heard last week, both of them in common was when they finally released Release. and gave everything. Because I think for me, there's times where there's still a lack of trust. Does God really have this? Or is, is this really gonna fulfill me? And so I try to have, I try to have the best of both worlds essentially. And and so I think that that's something too, just to, to keep that in mind as far as thinking through what are areas. Yeah, Jesus was pretty clear. He said, if anyone wants to come after me, deny yourself, your ego, <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. die to yourself, take up your cross, mm-hmm. take up what Jesus has done for us and, and then follow him imperfectly. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna follow mm-hmm. after the perfect savior. And, and then he said right afterwards, if whoever will find, uh, uh, whoever will, will lose their life will find it. But if mm-hmm. you try to find your life, you, you'll lose mm-hmm. it. Oh, I was gonna say, he also talks about only having one master. You can only have one master. So it's like, you yeah. can't have two. And so which one you're gonna pick? Yeah, really, really good stuff here. This third part here is changing your mind. The challenge question, Jose, is am I becoming more like Jesus or like the world based on verse two here where it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, Again, love to get practical here. What does this look like? How do you two Hmm. renew your mind? Um, we, you know, each one of these verses could be a whole message in of itself. So there's right. so much we could unpack here, but, but just thinking practically, what does it look like to renew your mind? And just what are those maybe disciplines, steps that you do? Because uh, you don't have to look far to see where the world's at and what the world's thinking. I know, I know where Bob's going. Give it to us, Bob. I know where you're coming. Well, that's <laughs> everybody that knows me knows where my heart is regarding memorizing scripture. If we read the Bible or hear the hear the scripture, we remember a little bit. If we study it, we remember a lot more. If we memorize it, we remember a hundred percent of it. So honestly, I spent time. and I figured this out the other day. There's over thirty thousand verses in the Bible. Hmm. And I've got 10% of them memorized. So I spend time, I learn three new verses a week. 
And then I spend the rest of the time reviewing the ones that I've already learned. And so when I came on staff, Jose introduced me to the Versus app. And that it was the greatest tool that man has ever invented. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I think... Versus, V-E-R-S-E-S. -E to, to that end, Bob, I mean, our phones are, are responsible for conforming us to the patterns of this world, right? Through social yes. media, through so many. But our phones can be controlled to transform our minds. And that's a great example. The, the Versus app, uh, the Bible app also. I do think there is a, a ton of um, power to having a, a physical Bible and spending specifically in your time with the Lord, uh, being there with, with the page because A, you're, you're absent from distractions on your phone. It's quickly, you know, it's a quick swipe up if you have an iPhone to, cancel your you know Bible reading and then go to something or a notification comes up uh, and so a paper Bible um, is is invaluable I think so that's just my personal conviction on that um, but memorizing scripture is huge I remember when I started to follow Jesus prayer spending time in individual prayer but also prayer with with a few other guys we we prayed three times a week in the morning and I think we can do that different ways you can send a prayer via text or in a group me or you can literally gather with other people to pray and that's God's way of transformation <laughs> and I remember one day looking up on the Texas State campus and thinking I'm thinking differently you know, I'm, I'm not as worried. I'm, I'm not as concerned with the things that used to consume my, 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 my thought space. I'm, I'm thinking differently. And it's almost like Jesus wants to wash our brains mm -hmm. Amen. in the healthiest way. You know, it's not brainwashing like a cult of, of only think of this. No, no, no. It's actually washing the, the bad and, and then having this renewed mind, you know, as outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Mm -hmm. so, so it's a changing of what's happening inside of our mind that then, mm -hmm. you know, is uh, affecting the way that we live. And the community piece is huge. I mean, you just sharing that about right. praying with other people because being around people that have also had a renewal of mind and being able to, I think that helps me whenever there's blind spots or whether there's times where I'm doubting or to, you know they're able to help call me up and be able to speak truth into my situation or just into what yeah. I'm going through in a way that just reminds me. Because again, uh, Google or the media or you know all the other things of the world, they're not gonna they're not gonna be pointing me to that truth. And so being surrounded by people in a community group, being surrounded by people that can point me there is is invaluable. That have the verses app downloaded. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, that's so good. Okay, the the final final uh, part of this passage here is looking at activating our gifting. And the question here is, what is God asking me to be faithful with right now? Jose, one of the things we've talked about spiritual gifts before, and these are laid out here, not only here in Romans 12, but in other parts of scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. Uh, one of the things I thought was really important that you shared was less on trying to make it about us and trying to identify our gifting, but go after the need. I'd love for you to speak to that a little more before we dive into how we apply that. But just this idea of uh, being able to serve the body, serve Jesus with the gifts that he's given us. Yeah, I, um, 
actually shared this this morning, and it's connected to your question in my community group, and that is I was a wide receiver as a freshman in high school, and I, I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't know why, but then I figured out that I really thought that I should be running different routes. So I didn't, I didn't like people telling me, hey, run this route, when I thought, well, if I run that route, and then I wouldn't get the ball. Anyway, uh, but then someone got hurt, and they moved me to defense, and I started playing safety. And I loved it. I loved responding. I, I, I was way more efficient um, in, in, that, in that position than I was as a wide receiver. Here's the point. There, there was a void that I met. And that's how I knew that that was a more natural position for me, the way that I was wired. Um, it also made me love the sport more. And, and so I think that when there is a need, uh, we can try out hey, look, uh, there is a service need at the church that I can start serving. And if, if, if you naturally enjoy serving <laughs> and, and hospitality, then, then, then that, that's telling you something. Here's another quick story. Um, I led a community group one season that was only community service oriented. And I had somebody in my group that stopped coming. And um, I talked to this person and they said, hey, I this is too easy for me. Uh, I really enjoy doing, I think God wants me to do something that's hard. And I quickly, thankfully, you know, it was easy for me to correct and exhort and encourage her and say, actually, no, that's God. That's a God-given gift that he's given you that you should exercise and, and do versus move on because it's too easy to try to do something else. So there, is, there are these natural gifts that we, uh, spiritual gifts that we naturally have that are given to us so that we can build up the church. Mm -hmm. If we don't try them, we won't know. So we got to get in the game. Mm -hmm. Another concept that you highlight, I think was really important is being faithful with little, because yeah. I know at least when I was growing up and even in college, this whole idea of, I want to change the world. So I'll wait until, you know, I don't necessarily want to be the president, but I'll wait till I have this huge role and then God will use me. So I'd love to just close by asking the two of y'all the significance of just that concept mm -hmm. of being faithful with little. Why? Why is that important? And how do we keep that at the forefront when everything in the world is telling you to climb the ladder and that's where you'll get your significance or wait until you have all this influence or power and then you can honor God with it. Uh, what's so significant about, about starting small and being faithful? Because Jesus said, to him who has, more will be given and to him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And what I believe that means is whoever takes care of what he has and stewards it well will be given more. But if we are careless and do not take care of of what we have, even what we have will be taken away. Yeah, there it is. It's 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 not it's not about us, yet God chooses to use us. And that's the great mystery that connects to what you were starting with, Bob, that God does love us. He does forgive us. Amen. And and he wants to change us so that we can see his glory come so that we can see kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. That's God's mission. It's not just that we would flourish individually, but that we would come together in his perfect plan. That's where we flourish the most Amen. when we join what he's doing here on earth. So great conversation. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.